in the front, they're ready to bump. Say, to my people in the back, get out the whack. Say, all right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. All right, 877-37-GRIND. All right, keeping it going, keeping it going. So that's um, when we talk about last night on the 49ers side. I mean, the media, here we go about Brock. Um, when we pick the divisions and everything, and, you know, I've said this before, no one's talked in this region more 49er football and, and been with this thing more than me. But, you know, when the season, when we went to picking, you know, divisions and we got to the NFC West, and this was my Super Bowl team from last year, preseason flop, I felt that, you know, not just with the surgery, you know, with Brock coming off of part of my skepticism a little bit, which they've kind of proven me up to this point wrong, but I'm starting to see kind of what my concerns were. You know, um, not just the surgery part element of Brock, but what was it going to be like when the teams had film, a full season of film and DNA in an offseason for him? And what Kyle Shanahan, the way he uses him, you know, because it's different the way he used Jimmy Garoppolo. And it was going to probably be a little bit different what he envisioned to use Trey Lance if they would have decided to go that way. So my point I'm getting to is that there's this overkill today in regards to, well, Brock is, you know, is, 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 is he done? Is he overrated? Is he not that good? Is he a system guy? At the end of the day, he was picked Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. I watched a lot of Cyclones football, Ohio State, Iowa State, excuse me. And, you know, he never did jump off the page to me. And part of this was part of the reason why I felt I said, OK, we've got the uncertainty about the shoulder. And then part of it is what happens when other defensive coordinators and other coaches get film on him on how Kyle Shanahan is using him. And that's the reason why I lean towards Seattle to win the division now. So to me, it's kind of like par for the course in this industry and in the way we do things in this country in regards to the guys that we praise, praise. And, you know, just as they were kicking Dallas's ass and, you know, got done with that game, we're pretty now all of a sudden they've hit a two game skid. Um, yesterday's game saw no Trent Williams, saw no Debo Samuel. And again, one of the persons that I've got to tip my hat to and give flowers to, and that's Brian Flores, who pretty much came up with a game plan that said anybody except Christian McCaffrey. And they took away the run for the most part. And, and, you know, it made the game fall on the shoulders of Brock. And if you take away Debo, I mean, I've got a lot of respect for Ayuk, but Debo is the one that stirs a drink for that offense because you've got a line of what he does and kind of frees up things for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but I've got to give credit to Brian Flores because that's coaching, man, because the reason why I say that, Minnesota's defense, and I understand what their um, record was, in one point games last year, and now it's kind of flipped 
you know, in one score games, it's kind of flipped that other. They've got the other wrong end of the stick of it this year. But there's no way their defense can win a game like that, you know, this time last year. They couldn't beat a – they were bad. They were statistically bad. And, you know, they started off the season kind of rocky. But remember, I remember coming here in the preseason and saying, you know what, I could see the effort that Minnesota's having on defense. It didn't really put in result into Ws at the beginning of the season – and keep in mind, they lost like two or three defensive starters going into the season. That's coaching. Like Brian Flores is going to be a head coach again. He should be a head coach somewhere. Um, so hats off to him. Um, but I think Brock Purdy, I mean, look. I mean, that's why I've always said I watched Kyle Shanahan almost have Matt Schaub win the MVP, man. So... I think when it comes to Brock, when you take away a Christian McCaffrey and you take away and there's no Debo, you know, what we've seen and going against an elite defense last week in Cleveland, I mean, he's never going to be that guy that's going to single-handedly be able to put a team on his back and pick up for those losses, whether it be a running back, Christian gets hurt, or he doesn't have it going, or they're taking him out of the game and there's no Debo. or that's that. It's not shocking to me, and that's why I hadn't been super high preseason flop on the 49ers. Now, with that said, you know, we're at the halfway mark, point mark pretty much. And I can already tell you there's still a team, especially they're going to be there when the dust settles. Unless there's some major injury. I mean, I think they dodged a bullet last night. You know, their linebacker went down. I mean, he goes down. He's one of the best in the game. He goes down. That's really going to change that whole defense. It's going to make it harder on both and everything. So they dodged a bullet with that not being a serious injury. Uh, but th- if they don't have any major injuries – and Brock stays healthy, they're going to be a Final Four team in the NFC. They're going to be – I mean, they're they're on a two-game skid. I mean, you know, it is common for Super Bowl teams, caliber teams, sometimes can go two, two games in a row you lose. Now, I've always had a philosophy. I think that if at any point of the season you lose three straight games and it's not overbearing because of injury or losing a starter quarterback, you're probably not – a true contending team. Most true contending teams don't go on three games. You can go on two, but most don't go on a three-game skid, in my opinion, unless there are some major injuries involved. What do you got, Mr. Clark? Well, I think you also have to look at, uh, in this game, first off, the defense for the Niners struggled. <laughs> you like you like Jordan Addison, what, seven catches, 130 yards or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just, just tore apart that secondary. And then – uh, who would have thought that the in a game in that matchup that the Vikings would win the turnover battle? Christian McCaffrey puts yeah. one on the ground. You know, of course, Purdy. I think last week was his first interception of the season, and then he throws two yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you feel like they'll they'll rebound fine, uh, but but you you got to of course Shanahan can, can knows that you've got to stop the bleeding here you can't let two now roll into three coming uh, up um i mean yeah knowing that and doing it is two different things right. i think i think they'll be okay i don't know who their next opponent is uh, they got the bengals bengals that'll be interesting i mean that's no layup i mean there's really no layups in the national football league but that's not a layup um look man kirk cousins is legit if he can get time in the pocket I mean, if he can make plays from the pocket and he gives the receivers, I mean, Kirk can get it done, especially in the dome. You know, um, he, you know, he's one of those that it depends on, you know, he's got to have 
protection, though. I mean, that I think that's really that's the difference. That's why I threw that up. I think that's the most impressive thing that they no didn't record sense. a sack. Because if you don't, if Kirk Cousins at home in a dome is good enough that if you don't uh, get to him, whether there's Justin Jefferson out there or not, and I think this is the reason why they went and got that kid this year in the first round. I mean, you Kirk can do some damage. And what we're looking at is that they're running the ball a little bit better than what they were able to at the beginning of the season. Because remember, I was coming here talking about, hey, they didn't want to pay Dalvin Cook. They want Dalvin Cook. You know, credit to the coaching staff. They look like they're running the ball a little bit better as well. So, And I think it's safe to say – Minnesota, I mean, you are who your record says you are, but they're they're better than a three or four team. And that's the reason why um, there's been a lot of trade talk. I know you enlightened me what the thoughts were about Cleveland, and I've heard this connection. Um, I think when you look at that win last night, you can kiss that goodbye. Yeah, that's I – mean, Jets I aren't going to yeah, get him. Browns no, I, aren't going to yeah. get him. He's staying put in Minnesota. Yeah, I think he was staying put anyway. I, I think, you know, people want to – people in the media want to put things out there because they play fantasy football and they go to the waiver wire on ESPN leagues or CBS. Like, hey, man, why don't we just put out there – you know what would make good sense? If we put Kirk Cousins and we take him and we trade him to Cleveland – no, man. They wouldn't trade – you wouldn't – I mean – I don't I, even if they would have lost last night. I, I don't think that's a situation that really just happens because again we have to understand. And Kurt has a no trade clause. Like, yeah, do you really want to uproot? Like, Kurt's got kids that are still in school. Like, you know, we, you know, military people can relate. I mean, I have to say I was fortunate. I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have parents that were in the military. I had to move around from city to city. But do you really think a quarterback, especially making the money Kurt does, I mean, you want to uproot your family in the middle of the year or you're going to make a decision, well, okay, y'all finish the year. I'm just going to finish the season here. We'll commute and y'all just stay here. No. And he's got a no trade. That wasn't happening. But it damn sure not happening because they had three and four. And the way the NFC shaping up, I mean – you're in the playoff hunt. You know, I mean, you're in the, but they've got to continue to build on this. I still think Detroit's going to win the division. I don't think Minnesota, um, you know, look, Detroit showed us that obviously what happened in Baltimore, they're beatable. I think they ran into a buzzsaw. I mean, this could be a bad news for the rest of the AFC North and the rest of the AFC if Baltimore's really getting this offensive going and Lamar's figuring it out, watch out. Because I think everything with Baltimore is I'm going to pay attention to see how their defense if, – if their defense can stay steady. Because that's my only concern with Baltimore in the last few years in general. Um, but the reality of it is is that, you know, um, Minnesota – I mean, Detroit's going to, you know, win the division still. But Minnesota's a team that you've got to really – look at to see if they're going to hit that corner and be able to go ahead and hit stride and start winning off games. I, you know, I paid attention to these post game speech, the locker room speech. Um, you know, you got to give him credit. I mean, the team evidently that's a team that hasn't really, you know, weathered yet. They haven't really wiltered. I should say that's the word I'm looking for wiltered against, you know, adversity and starting, you know, they won the very cool. They won like three out of the last four games of our games. I mean, they started off Oh, and three, you know, so we'll see how it plays out. 877-37-GRIND. Well, here comes Jerry after the 49ers take a L last night. And he's doing his weekly radio interview that he does in the Metroplex area down in Brown DFW. And um, he's talking about the game and he's talking about, you know, paraphrasing, just saying, hey, you know, if you look at 
and I'm pretty sure he's looking at the last couple of weeks. He's looking at the Cleveland game, and he's looking at, you know, this game last night. And he says, hey, when you look at the 49ers, you know, if you get a quarterback, you get quarterback play, uh, you know, you make some play, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, especially last night, they're a team that could be had, a team that could be got. Styles makes fights, man. Not everybody's packing around Jim Schwartz and Cleveland's defense. Not everybody's packing around, um, you know, a veteran quarterback um, that has pocket presence that can go for 350 and some change in the pocket. Um, Jerry is just, again, like I said, going to the break. The one thing I give Dallas this season, since training camp, since OTAs, they've been consistent. They've been consistent about having diarrhea of the mouth and constipation of the brain. Like, why this team just basically dropped 42 on you a couple weeks ago that you didn't beat them? They've knocked, they've beaten you now three times in a row. What are you talking about based off of you seeing the Minnesota Vikings and this quarterback? You have a quarterback that they can be had. Anybody can be beaten on any given Sunday, Thursday, or Monday, Jerry. You know, like, I mean, what you talking about, though? Kryptonite's a real thing, and it feels like the Niners, you can, anybody can beat the Niners, but it feels like. The Niners are the Cowboys' kryptonite. And, and you know what? And, you know, I'll take one further. If you want to call him the kryptonite, by Jerry saying this in real time on his weekly interview, we know the uh, the edge with Michael Parsons' podcast. We know that he's made exceptions to George Kittle's shirt. He, We also know that he says, hey, you know what? That's one game, and I feel like, you know, maybe the better team. In the problem is... And, and, you know, there's a lot of football left to be played, but I'm going to put this out there and, and because it's starting to look like this based off of the way they're talking, they continue to talk. It sounds like this coaching staff and this team and this club and with along with the owner slash GM almost became obsessed with the 49ers at fault. Like their focus has been really in the last two. And if you look at the evidence, it kind of, you know, when you say, hey, man, you know, look. We lost him in the regular season. We, they took us home in our building in the playoffs. We come back the following year. We've got to play him again. They knock us out. We're sent home in the playoffs in the divisional round. They're on our schedule early. We're coming in hot. We're coming in good. We've got this defense. Michael Parsons up to that game is talking about a defensive player of the year. Lawrence Taylor comparisons. And then not only did you just lose, you didn't just lose the game. You got beat over the head with a billy club. So the reality is this obsession. You know, Mariah Carey, oh, my gosh. AC, I have to hear, like, that's her everything. It's Dwayne Johnson and Mariah Carey. That's like I've had, like, she's made me get to the point where I've had a lot of respect for Mariah Carey, just, you know, accomplishments, one of the most selling female artists. But AC's so obnoxious with her. She's the type that's making me draw in to, like, yo, man, what is she going to do something besides eating royalty off this damn Christmas song? Anyway. Mariah had this song that that one that why are you so obsessed with me and supposedly that was supposed to be about the relationship with Eminem which I think Mariah was lying man like y'all don't don't get it twisted man like M what's M got to read the lie like whatever but I feel like that's the song in top of my head when I hear 
the Dallas Cowboys continuously talk about the 49ers. And that, like, you can have, like, say, hey, that's the team we're chasing or, you know, hey, we want to model our organization or whatever. Now, I understand you're talking about 30 years of a robbery between the 49ers and Dallas. This goes way back. Jerry's old money going against the Bartolos, Ed Bartolo and the gang. The bottom line is, though, when you're talking about a team that a bunch of guys that ain't done nothing yet, ain't won nothing, and you got a coach that has won a Super Bowl, but really nobody wanted it after his quarterback threw him under the bus and pretty much called his offense outdated, speaking of Mike McCarthy. It's a bad recipe to become so obsessed with one team and to think that everything we do, because now, and I said this before they played that game, what happens if you lose the game? I don't think like a field goal, a pick six. I didn't think about some 40-point piece beat down. I mean, because thank God the Miami Dolphins saved or the Denver Broncos saved them because that would be one of the worst beatdowns of the year so far. But they are obsessed with the 49ers, and it might be the death of them. Like, there's other teams you might need to be worried about Detroit. Can you go into Ford Field and beat them? I don't know. I mean, what the hell have y'all done? And the bottom line, Jerry, I've been the biggest Dak defender and apologist I've been a call for. Dak ain't dropping. You ain't even got Mike McCarthy only have plays in the playbook of the talent for Dak to drop no 350 and some change like Kurt. Dak ain't going to deal like that from the pocket like Kurt. When we get back, Sean Payton. I didn't have this on the docket, but damn it. Sean's circling around sushi restaurants, man, allegedly. I mean, what the hell is going on? But it kind of goes and talk to what I wanted to kind of feel because of our exchange we played yesterday with Troy Rank. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spin the One and Twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producer, spinning the one and twos. 
Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND is your number. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pillin Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. And keep in mind also, Pillin Whiskey is an official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association. And it's an official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. Um, and it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind. That is Penland Whiskey, official sponsor also of the Sports Grind. 87737-GRIND. All right. So, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on the whole obsession with Dallas and the 49ers. Um, a couple other uh, NFL notes uh, that I want to get to. Uh, before we talk a little uh, them Broncos and their situation that they're in. Uh, we brought it up a little bit on the show yesterday because it personally affected me uh, with the whole fantasy world um, and really and the sports handicapping world because uh, I've, you know, checked in with a few of those circles that uh, do that stuff professionally and it's kind of been talked about it but the league now is looking into the Atlanta Falcons in regards to the way that they handled B. John Robinson's absence for majority of that game and to seeing if they didn't comply with compliance uh, we've talked about this yesterday. You can go check the podcast at sportsgrindonline.com. Um, and I mentioned it. I mean, this is not a shock to me. I, and, I, and again, like coaches, it's a thin line. But I think the league, especially in the grassy knoll era that we're living in, where everybody's a conspiracy, everything's a conspiracy. You got a generation of kids don't even really believe believe that there was a man that landed on the moon. I mean, especially that what we're dealing with. The NFL has to send a message. Okay? I mean, if we're sending the messages, which I'll get to, about the Kareem Jacksons of the world, we need to send a message. Because I understand that coaches, you know, from the last 50 years, it's always been like this. You know, you want to kind of be more cautious of what's released in the injury report. Remember, NFL will never admit to it, but way before it was – a mainstream thing to do and partnerships were involved between NFL owners and the league and casinos and stuff. The injury report was basically created because of gambling. I'm talking about the Jimmy, the Creek, you know, you got to go back to Jimmy, the Greek days, you know, uh, Britt Musburger, you know, code words. Well, I like the Raiders, Jimmy, probably just by a field goal. You couldn't say spread a line. They were no part of it. So, but at the end of the day, while it was still in the backyards, you talking about when the injury report had to be out by certain this of the week and it's got to filter down to the cable outlets, that's all due because of gambling. So now that it's partnerships involved, now that you're accepting sponsorship dollars from casinos, DraftKings of the world, you've got to go ahead and you got to really send a message like, look, I understand you don't want your opponent to have a competitive advantage. 
or you don't want to let them know, I don't know, three hours, four hours before kickoff, B. John Robinson has come down with a massive migraine headache. But in the day of fantasy football, and 80%, 90% of the people are not playing fantasy football leagues for free. People are paying for what, and like I said, what some people might be considered small money. Some people might consider big money. You got people paying for all type of dollars when it comes to fantasy football, contributing to DraftKings fantasy lineups and challenges and money on the line, six figures on the line. You can't sit there. And because you're eating from that pile and you're openly eating from that pile of that plate, I should say. You can't neglect and turn your head. Well, you know, it's just no big deal. He was there. No, man, you got to come down with some type of penalty of fine because Atlanta, because I don't need no investigation. No, they didn't. You know, I knew this yesterday. No, they didn't comply. And if they try to come out and say they did, they're lying. And even if the NFL, I'll call a cover up. And I ain't even part of the conspiracy generation. Okay. I'm not even part of that generation. There was a man on the moon. 9-11 9-11 happened. And you got a generation of people that will sit there and quote, well, I don't know. I don't I don't know what that's about. I don't know where they do that at. I'm not even from that era. And I will tell you, if the NFL tries to come down and say, hey, man, they were in compliance. No, they wasn't. Uh, and again, I just feel that, um, and you know, trust me, I've told you this a hundred times on this program, Arthur Blank is one of my favorite uh, favorite owners. So it's nothing against the Falcons organization, but they need to be fine for this because, and I would say this, fantasy owners, gambling owners, like you've got to know, he woke up with the migraine. He woke up, you know, not feeling well to play. They kind of knew this. In reality, they had plenty of time, plenty of time to notify the league office and everybody to notify the right people in place, the Adams of the world, the Jay Glazers of the world, and get the information out of millions of people that B. John Robinson's not no-go today. And to be honest with you, <laughs> now that I think about it in real time, when I'm sitting here talking about it, when I'm watching that game, and I'm sitting there and it's a, you know, it's a little bit back and forth game, you know, uh, Atlanta has the ball come in. And when you get into the third or fourth quarter, right, some of that third, all of a sudden, look, I say, well, wait a minute, there he is. Because I keep checking my fantasy score. I'm like, it's a, it's a big goose egg, just zero. I'm like, man, the day that I need him. And I'm not even into fantasy football. Like, the only reason I'm in it like this because I'm tired of losing. I'm ready to check out because I can't. Between doing the show, handicapping, and worrying about fantasy, it's no. But it comes to a point I'm prideful. I don't want to lose. So I'm probably more engaged this year than I've ever been in fantasy football. But my point is, I'm sitting there. And then all of a sudden, I see him out there like, wait a minute. And now that I think about it, the only reason why Atlanta probably put him out there, because while this game is going on, somebody, people in the organization, because they got jobs, coaches got a coach, coordinators got to call in plays, and players got to play. But while you have all that going on, you have people in the office. You have people in different positions. And somebody... Somebody got away. Wait, wait a minute. He's on the sideline, but we didn't have him. as did not play. And the reporter just asked me to put this out there, and he didn't uh, put him out there for a few snaps. Because that's the only, now that I think about it, that's the, in my opinion, that's the only reason why they put his, they put his ass out there for a few snaps because they know they were out of protocol. And I don't think it was done by accident. But regardless, 
they got to pay a price. If we're setting examples of player safety, and this is a nice segue, and we're talking about Kareem Jackson, which I've had this happen in real time, and I've had time to digest. And after further review, this yeah, this is kind of harsh for the four games. And I'm going to tell you this, too, and I've always said it a little bit, and I've told Orange Nation this. This is that Sean effect. Because when you look at it, I mean, when you look at the repeat offenders and you look at going on, I mean, four games, you know, I'm thinking yeah, he deserves to be suspended. But make no mistake about it, the four games is about sending a message. We're going to take this guy that's been in the league for over 10 years. He was accustomed to playing one way. He plays the position that you're supposed to intimidate dudes coming over the middle. I mean, safeties, that's really what the game's about. But we're going to take one of his least egregious hits, and we're going to give him four games. But well, we're going to make an example of him because we've got to clean this game up. We can't have guys like that still thinking it's okay to play. They're going to make an example out of them. Michigan, so what? Somebody didn't buy 11 tickets to different things, but I've got a student body I've got over there that's traveled over to Big Ten because they're going to go scout or whatever. Well, no, that's like, we're going to make an example out of him because we really don't like him because he thinks he's better than everybody else and he thinks he's the smartest coach in the room. We're going to make an example out of him. Bounty Gate. Greg Robertson, I'm excuse me, Greg Williams. You could from I don't know what Bounty Gate was maybe about I don't know mid two thousands two oh nine oh eight somewhere around there ten somewhere uh, two thousand nine two thought the figured around that time yeah it, it I, I, ran from uh, uh, 09 through 11 i would tell you from the 80s up until the 2000s you could go 32 teams let's just thinking i know it wasn't 32 then because we had the expansion of carolina and jacksonville i get it but the my point is this is what i'm gonna tell you from the that point you had it had what the expansion teams. No, what I'm saying, but I said in the time frame of the segment, I was saying you could go back to the 80s. Oh, yeah. And yeah. to then I said, I know we didn't have 32 with the times of the segment. The bottom line is, is that you could go to maybe four locker rooms out of those teams a Sunday and somebody's throwing a pile of cash in the floor and said, I got 10 dimes, which is equal to 10 stacks for anybody that knocks so-and-so out today. But, but because Sean, outspoken, Always spoke his mind. Greg uh, Greg Williams is an ass. If you talk to anybody that's basically either met him, he's had that reposition to be an ass. Hey, that team in New Orleans, we're going to send a message. We're going to suspend their coach for a year. It happens. But that's why I like calling it out when it happens because I already know. That's why I'm consistent with the Michigan situation, and that's why the Kareem, I'm like, okay, you know, two games, he's been, but four, a team that's not playoff bound, that's not going anywhere, that right there, we're going to pick him. They're going to send a message. So um, to me, I believe bringing it back full circle to this segment the Atlanta Falcons knew exactly what they were doing. Can you imagine if this was Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots? You'd have as bad as we think New England is. I understand they just beat Buffalo, but Buffalo got a lot of problems. You'd have people screaming again for draft picks, Doc. If it was the Patriots. If it was, I mean, I'll go one better. I mean, even the Patriots, hell, I'll throw in if it was. Mm, 
I could maybe see. I don't know about the Jets because Woody's part of that whole. Um, I'll throw the Cowboys in there. I mean, even if this was Dallas, if Jerry and this style, well, we didn't know. People be call, oh, you see, that's because y'all call them America's team. It'd be an uproar. Atlanta doesn't have that much history. They haven't won a Super Bowl. That is Chocolate City. Coach Prime. Andre Rising. Jeff George. Jeff was like on the 20-teens, but Jeff was played there. The bottom line is they don't have the history, so it's like this. But this right here, this was done because I guarantee you, that cost a lot of people, reg your fan base, and the fan, that cost some people money. Why do you think that the Four Letter Network has a fantasy show or has, you know, pays the type of money to Adam Scheffner? Pay, how, how do you think Adam makes the money he does? How do you think Jay Glazer makes the money? Because why? Because they are information source. People that are in the fantasy world, that's in the gambling world, people wake up on Sunday mornings and look at their phones for information. Is he playing? Is he going to be there? And when you are a team and in the NFL and you are holding this out and you're going on beyond of the protocols that were set out, to notify your fan base or, you know, and yes, it's the team, whatever, but it's bigger than that. You can't sit there and be coy anymore and be hold this information like, hey, man, we know he got sick, but no, you know, come. I mean, come on. That that right there, it's not shocking or surprising because we talked about this on this show in real time yesterday before it even came out this morning that their league was going to, you know, have an investigation that this was Bush League. Bushley, 877-37-GRIND. Speaking of Sean, the Denver Broncos pick up their first home win of the season um, by defeating the Green Bay Packers. Everybody's jumping off the Jordan Love bandwagon. They're trash. Like, you lose to Denver, you're terrible. I mean, that's just really what the notion is. I just got to let Orange Nation know. You take an L to this Denver team, the public going to say you just trash. Everybody jumping off Jordan Love bandwagon. So they're getting ready uh, a week away from their bye week, and they're going to host the Chiefs, okay? We knew when the schedule come out that they were going to be facing the Chiefs two times out of three weeks. This time it's in Denver, okay? So you have that going on, and also you have a trade deadline that is looming a week from today. Trick or treat. October the 31st, Okay. And remember, Halloween is supposed to be for the kids. I mean, I I don't know what year, what decade this was that the, the grown-ups took over it. But it it comes to a point that, keep in mind, it's still for the kids. But anyway, that's my PSA announcement. But the trade deadline is October the 31st. I think that's a week from today. Yeah. Denver sits in this situation where now picking up their first win at home, they are sitting here at 2-5. and five. And getting ready to play that third division game of the season. They're coming off of getting this win against the Packers, a non-conference win, non-division win against the NFC Green Bay Packers, who've been struggling. And we talked about yesterday about Sean's, you know, attention to 
a question Troy Rank asked him and said, hey, it's not my team. I mean, you talk about 10-0. We haven't blown 10 straight leads. He's on the edge. Well, the reports comes out that after Sunday, and he said it. I mean, he told everybody that he was driving around this Chinese parking lot, sushi parking lot. He didn't even like sushi. And he was driving in circles thinking, like, why am I still so upset after a win? Why can't I be happy? Now, to me, there's a lot I take from that. Um, one, it's like, damn it. Wasn't supposed to win that game today. Um, that's one out there if you want to go conspiracy theory. Two, um, the winning part of, and, and I think this is where, you know, Troy Rank, I've heard him say this, and this is the reason why I feel like people like Troy have the question, can Sean stomach this? Like, is he really ready for this bill? And, I, and I'm going to go on the side of he knew what he was getting into when he signed up. Now, I don't believe he knew that he didn't have his, the makeup of as many guys that he likes in a football player. Like, the kind of what I'm saying, the kind of makeup Sean likes in a football player, I think he maybe had, he thought he had more guys in this roster that fit that, and he does, that he, you know, has now after he's been in it. But he knew that this was going to be a process. Now, the crazy thing to me is we're a week away from the trade deadline with a team that everybody knows is probably not going anywhere. That's going to be one of the few teams early that, are, you know, how they put the X or the Y when they let you know you're eliminated or whichever one they eliminate from playoff contention. And there's no trades that's been done. And there's nobody that's been moved yet. The only obvious that's happened is releasing two veterans, a Clark and basically uh, Randy Gregory. But there's been no moves yet made. That tells me that there's a tug of war. And you put on top of that that you put out that you're driving around in parking lots, circling. I mean, I've done, I've parked. I ain't going to drive around. I'm going to park somewhere and just think for a minute. I've done that. I think we've all done that at some point. But I'm going to give you the reason, in my opinion, why I think there still hasn't been obvious moves that need to be made. And I'll tell you why I don't believe they've been made yet and why they might not be made, period. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spit of the One and Twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging. It's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. 
Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you. Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.